0: Tuesday is here one of my favorite days of the week because I get to put out another mental health episode and this week we have an incredible guest streaming in from Washington, we're talking about the weather differences and how I would trade right now, as she's in the 70s and we're here in the 90s, but this week's guest learned early on that if she didn't accept herself for who she was, she would quickly get lost in being there for everyone else, When in grad school in one of the top marriage and family therapy programs in the country, she noticed that half of the professors were divorced and most of her fellow students were clinically depressed or anxious. She knew she needed to do something different. Over the last 20 years, what she has learned in the trenches is that our ability to live authentically relates directly to how we feel about ourselves when we love who we are, we have better boundaries and are more accepting of everyone, including ourselves. And I love that. Jane Tortor, PhD, aka Dr. Jane, is here. And before we kick off the show, learn all about her journey and professional practice, I'm going to ask her, what does mental health mean to you?
1: I have a little bit of a different definition than most of your guests. When I'm working with my clients, what I've realized is flexibility is key. When we can respond to the moment as the moment uh, requires is a bit of a struggle. When we meet the moment as it is, versus from our history, that's mental health. When we can dance with what we're given, versus, no, it has to be this. This has gotta be the truth because it's been the truth in the past and it's always gonna be the truth, so it's truth now.
0: That's not so healthy at tampa counseling and wellness we want to remind you that it's okay to not be okay reaching out for support and asking for a little extra help can be overwhelming but everyone deserves a safe space to heal we're so honored to be that space for florida residents if you want to learn more about our services or you'd like to set up a free consultation with one of our clinicians you can call or text us at 813-520-2807 we're looking forward to growing with you I agree. And I think that also alludes to the point, do what's best for you. What works for some doesn't work for everyone else. Don't I feel know. like you're stuck in this one size fits all.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thank yeah. you for that. Yes. Keith, please. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that, um, I, I loved what you said that that one, st- one size doesn't fit all. And one of the things I really came to in grad school, when I learned all the theories and I was like, this is It's not working for the people I'm with. So how's it gonna work with clients? And so that's when I started coming into my own knowing. Like I'm a perfectionist, so I had to get the PhD. And then after the PhD, I'm like, wow, this all this stuff could actually get in my way of being with my clients. And one being with myself also, but also being with my clients. And so I started. Focusing more on intuition, that inner knowing, because we all have so much information about what we should do and what's right and what's wrong. But as you said, what works for some people doesn't work for everybody. So our job, I think, is to figure out to try stuff and then really get, oh, this works for me. Oh, that doesn't. Like I can't tell you how many programs I've bought, and they're super awesome programs. They help a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do things that way. right?
0: <laughs> Constantly evolving and stick around for a little later in the show where she's going to offer some of the things she does on a short term, long term basis to take care her mental health, as there are tons of ways to do that. And you may find a way that does work for you in this episode. So, Jane, thank you for kicking us off and to everyone listening on. This is a mental health break. I am excited to launch another show with a passionate mental health advocate. My name is Vincent A. Lancey, and I'm the author of Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health and Mental Health Week. You can check those out on Amazon after the show ends. We've already discussed it quite a bit. Everyone's mental health journey is different, and you never know whose journey will resonate with you most. Jane is here to give it her all and share her why in just a few moments. My why relating to mental health, as you know, came after I was the victim of a hit-and-run accident, left for dead, and had the traumatic brain injury, and woke up nearly a week later at TGH. Never give up and keep going. This week's Spotlight story is going to be on an awesome article on the effects of marriage on mental health. We have the expert with us, so I had to choose that story. And Jane, let's get right into it. Would you mind sharing your mental health journey?
1: Yeah, I love how you asked how people came into it. And mine literally came from a therapist, as I think is true for a lot of therapists. My sister dragged our family in to see a therapist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I wish I could remember her name because she is the reason I became a therapist. At the time, I was in New York City working in advertising. And it was not my happy place. Let me just put it that way. And so she kicked off the session saying, my job is to put myself out of business. And I'm like, what? That's what that no, that no, and so she had my attention, right? And she said, Well, the more people I help, she was a marriage and family therapist, which I am too. She said, The more people I help, if they have healthier relationships and therefore their kids are healthier, then if those kids go on to have relationships and have kids, those kids will be healthier. And then those kids, if they go on to have relationships and kids, those kids will be healthier. And she said, Pretty soon it'll spread around the world. And I'm out of a job, and I went. I am in the wrong business, <laughs> so I, you know, quit and went to grad school to become a marriage and family therapist.
0: I love it. Where'd you go to grad school? What state? Uh,
1: masters in Illinois and PhD in Minnesota.
0: So Michigan, Illinois, place- Minnesota. She's all around, and there she is stationed in Washington. Which place did you enjoy living in the most?
1: Honestly, it's Seattle.
0: Seattle. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the, the weather is very, like I spent 20 years in Minnesota, which is kind of harsh, but super hot in the summer and super cold in the winter and a lot of mosquitoes, like kind of like, you know, you have, you guys have yeah. a lot of bugs too. But yeah, we Here are. it's very gentle. There's so much water, there are mountains. It's, it's a lovely place to be.
0: Beautiful landscape and nature is great for our mental health. Every time we step outside, the vitamin D from the sun, the fresh air, taking in those natural noises. Great chance there. And I loved how you shared what led you into mental health. You had a personal experience. A therapist really paved the way for you. It's incredible. You never know the footprint someone's going to leave on your life. Did you always, anytime before that, want to get involved in mental health? Was that any of your plans? You were in advertising. Did you ever... Before this, this transformative experience?
1: No, I was an English major in college and I, I love being an English major because I loved being in people's lives, like figuring out what makes them tick and what motivates them and watching how they interact with other people and what gets in their way and what helps. And so I've always been fascinated Mm -hmm. by people and their story, but I didn't think I could be someone who would have it together enough to have to be able to give other people suggestions and like, who am I, right? And still to this day, I'm like, really? Am I really a good, because I'm a recovering perfectionist. What I've learned, and actually it was really cool. When I first started my private practice, I read this book that basically said, you just need to be a little ahead of your clients. If you're like way ahead, if I was like Zen master, and I was talking to my clients who are anxious and you know they're perfectionists and they're overachievers. And, and I'm just like, just calm down. The world's fine. They'd be like, shove off, honey. <laughs> you clearly have no clue what I'm dealing with. But if I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. It must be awful. Jeez, I'd be freaking out, right? I wouldn't help them then either. So just a little ahead is the sweet spot. So I keep doing my work. And what I find is the more work I do on myself, that, that like the, the, who comes to me changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's, it's fun. It keeps, it keeps life interesting.
0: You never know where life's going to take you. Great examples there. I mean, for me, I went to school finance MBA here. I am deep in the mental health world. <laughs> <laughs> you delivered an exceptional episode so far. Thank you for that. And before we dive into learning all of the things Jane does to improve her mental health and the one piece of advice she has for all mental health warriors out there, we're going to hop into the spotlight story. As I mentioned earlier for this week's show, we're going to dive into an article on the effects of marriage on health and we're going to focus on the mental health aspect of this. It's from a government site and I'm excited to get our guest take on it after I share some information from the article. Marriage may affect many aspects of mental health, the article puts This review focused on the prevalence of depressive symptoms. The most rigorous research suggests that marriage reduces depressive symptoms for both men and women. In particular, these studies find that getting married decreases depressive symptoms while getting divorced increases them. Research has also documented that increases in depressive symptoms after divorce are long lasting and the prevalence of these symptoms remains elevated years after the marital breakup. In addition, studies comparing the mental health of stably married adults to those who remain unmarried find that those who are stably married have fewer depressive symptoms and smaller increases in these symptoms as they grow older, even after controlling for baseline mental health. Although research consistently shows that being married reduces depression, the existing evidence that limitations have that future research should address, particularly the most rigorous research typically estimates that the effect of marriage and marital transitions by comparing the prevalence of depressive symptoms in the period just before a marital transition to the prevalence in the period just after the transition. This method adjusts for background differences between who marry, between those who marry, excuse me, and those who do not. I'm going to add one, I'm going to finish up with one more paragraph here to really give our audience as much as I can. However, it may introduce other sources of bias into these estimates, and the direction of this bias is uncertain, like people may experience fewer depressive symptoms in the period leading up to marriage in anticipation of the transition. Similarly, people may experience more depressive symptoms in the period leading up to the divorce as the quality of their marriage declines. If so, comparing someone's depressive symptoms during the period just before a marital transition to the period immediately after may underestimate the effect. Jane, what do you take away from this write-up?
1: Oh my goodness, my research geek is completely coming out there. (laughs) Um, One thing we do know is that happy marriages make for happier people, because you've got a person who loves you, who sees you, who accepts you, and that's always, always, always a good thing. One of the things they, and the, you know, the article that you read touched on this is if they would have compared happily married people to unhappily married people, and then post, that'd be a very different study because the divorced people were not the people who are happy in their marriage. (laughs) (laughs) They were not the happy, oh, we're so happy. I love you. Let's get divorced, right? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a fair comparison. Um, the people who are on unhappy marriages and who stay together, they're not happy campers, right? So it's really both our own health because we can't be in healthy relationships if we are not healthy with ourselves. We can be in relationships, but just like with therapists and clients, it's a fit thing, right? If I'm a Zen master I can't deal with people just basically trying to survive in life, right? Mm-hmm. So we we meet people and we stay with people who are about the same level of health in, in life in general. That's when we're happy.
0: Love everything you said there, including uh you, you know, I something I try to talk about and Mr. Lancey talks mental health. You can't be others' best friends until you're your own best friend. If you don't support yourself, how can you possibly support others in any meaningful capacity? Excellent analysis there, and I hope to one day see that study that you create with uh, how this should have been. You're up (laughs) to great things. You're very ambitious, and stay tuned for a future episode on that Entrepreneur Show. We're going to talk all about the business side of her practice, but as far as a mental health break, we're diving right back into her story, where I'm going to ask her to pick some short-term or long-term things that you do to improve your mental health, as I mentioned, on a daily basis or longer term.
1: Oh, my goodness. My mental health is a lifelong project for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like dedicated. Like I, like when my clients say, when will I be done? And I I say, not with me necessarily, but well, hopefully the day you die is when you're done. Right. Right. That's, that's my bias. There's always more to do. There's always more flexibility. Like you moving from finance to mental health and podcasting and authoring, that's flexibility right? Just like if you would have stayed in finance as an unhappy marriage, it would be just like staying in an unhappy marriage, right? So for me, it's always finding some way to expand my world. Like I'm always reading books that help me think differently. Um, I meditate because that helps me center in my knowing. And I'm always kind of paying attention to my body as well as my brain. Because so many of us are like, I'm thinking this, but we don't hear, we don't listen to our body, which has so much information. Like the nervous system, the ventral vagal nervous system has 20% of the pathways go from our brain to our body and 80% go from our body to our brain. So when we only pay attention to our brain, we're missing 80% of the information of how the world is affecting us. So I spend a lot of time like, what am I feeling? What's happening in my gut? What's happening in my stuff? All that.
0: Yeah, expand on that a little more. We're really to focus on everything, please.
1: Um, so one of the things I have on my website is something called the decision-making method. And it's a way, it's what I learned in grad school. And I'm like, if this is not working, our, something else is out there that's gotta help me. So it's when I started listening to you know, my inner knowing, And here's what I found the difference for me was when I'm like, because I was also in grad school reading about schizophrenia and, you know, all these awful, awful mental health issues, disorders. And so my inner knowing is kind of an auditory. I like hear what my inner truth is, It's just like, Jane, do this. And I'm like, how do I know I'm not schizophrenic? I don't know. I'm not going crazy. I got to, you know, think the, the regular way. And what I noticed for myself, and this is what is true for me, not everybody else, but when it was my inner knowing, it would say, this is the truth for you. This is the good thing to do now. This is a healthy response. And it was just like that. When it was my ego, it was like, gee, you got to do this. How come you haven't done it yet? Are you going to do it? Bad things are going to happen. if you..." Like it's urgent and repetitive because our ego needs to convince us. Our inner knowledge, our inner knowing is just like, here it is, you do whatever you want with it. I'm good, my job's done. Here's the information, you go, right? So for me, it was that kind of settled, solid knowing versus (laughs) that my mind would do most of the time.
0: When you're uneasy, unsettled, your mind is everywhere. But I'm going to ask you for one piece of advice to help everyone who may be in that mind state. What is one piece of advice you have for all of our mental health champions out there who may be struggling along the way?
1: Great. I would, if I were queen of the world, I would ban the word should, must, have to, and need, because they produce stress. When we say, I have to do this, if you close your eyes and pay attention, most people get tense, they get tight, they feel more anxious. I would replace it with, it's a good idea or it'd be helpful with. You're saying the same thing, but those ideas aren't forcing something, it is making you think, oh yeah, it's on my list because it would be helpful. So it literally then um, makes our brain start to scan for how to make that happen. So we use our unconscious more with that word of it'd be helpful. It's a good idea. So then our brain automatically starts thinking, well, well, when would it be a good idea? How would it be good? It starts searching for answers versus, oh my God, I suck because I haven't done it yet. Uh, And we just close down.
0: I love that. I have had a great time with you today, Jane. Our listeners are going to see all the value in your show from sharing your personal experience, finding that transformative moment with your therapist. Now you're paying it forward, helping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people through your practice. I now want to ask you how everybody can find you with a professional social media website, you name it.
1: Um, I can never remember anything my social media handles. So my website is everydaylove.me. And if you want my intuitive decision-making method, you can just go everydaylove.me backslash body test. And it'll, it'll send you that in some videos on and, and how to make it work for you.
0: Thank you for sharing that, everyone. Be sure to head to that website, check out all the great values she has and be on the lookout for her episode on that entrepreneur show. We are at Vincent A. Lancey and at May Mental Health Break on all social media. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel. I've been pumping out great content there. That is at Vincent A. Lancey. Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health are on Amazon now. Be sure to let me know what you think. And thank you for tuning in. We will see you next Tuesday on a mental health break. Jane, thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much.